Welcome everyone to the gaming couch. Be it video games, card games, or board games, we'll have a good time playing. So come and join me on the couch. This is your host, Smart Boy. Just a quick PSA, everybody. If I sound a little off, which I do like test record after I start doing this, but it's hard to tell with my own voice. If I do sound a little bit off, it's because my allergies are starting to try and kill me physically. Um, yeah, tis the season that either you're getting sick because of the changing weather, especially if you're on the East Coast, like, you know, the New York area, northern area, like where I am, or tis the season for your allergies to try and kill you because breathing out of your nose is overrated. So with that out of the way, I want to say I apologize if I sound a little weird or get a little raspy with the nose, and I hope that you are feeling just fine with the changing weather. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. So the uh, I'd say the flavor of the week this week, Risk of Rain 2. And the reason why I'm picking Risk of Rain 2, I just bought it the other day because it's not because I played the first one. I I only saw very little gameplay of the first one years back when it was released. But I was just kind of like dicking around on Steam, looking at possibly a new game to pick up because I cycle games quickly. I find myself playing more new games and less replaying old games, which isn't inherently a bad thing. It just means I'm spending more money on games, which, I mean, I had a job for a reason, you know? But yeah, I was just looking through Steam, looking for something new, and I saw it, and I know, like, I had one or two people that I know were playing it, and I heard a little bit about it, but I was looking it over, I was like, you know what? It looks interesting. I've been playing a lot of roguelike procedure agenda games, so let me, let me give it a shot. So I picked it up, relatively cheap. It's an early access, so take it for what it's worth. But it works. You know, it's not one of those games that it's early access bad. It's what they have is polished. Now, I'm not saying playing an early access game that has bugs is a bad thing. I mean, part of doing early access slash beta testing is players get access to the game early, but they're also helping you find bugs. Like, there's plenty of games that I'm doing that. I have these early access games because I want to try them out. It's fun to see the game grow from one point to another and yeah developers need help finding their bugs and everything so in terms of bugs the game is well polished i haven't played a shit ton of it but the bit that i've played the couple hours that i've played so far i haven't run into any bugs like i'm relatively surprised and impressed with the content they have released works and it's not like they have a little bit of content. Like they have enough. They have enough content to warrant this being a game right now. So, I never played Risk of Rain before. I've mentioned that. Uh, for those of you who haven't played it, this will be you know kind of news to you. But those of you who have played Risk of Rain, from what I can tell, this is going to be old news to you. You're going to know all this. But they have different classes now. With the different classes, it allows it to have that fun, co-op, roguelike style game, which I'll get to in a minute. But they have all these different classes you can play. So you pick a class, and it drops you onto a planet, and it says go. And I don't know if they're going to add more objectives. I think they're going to, because like, there's parts of the menu that are obviously still in progress, still being made. Like There's going to be more objectives later on. But currently, the objective is go and find a teleporter thingy. You touch the teleporter, it then starts a timer that's like a gauntlet kind of thing, and when the time is up, you then move to the next area. 
you go through that, and you go through that, you find the teleporter, next area. Go through that, find the teleporter, next area. And there's these, like, so far I've only found two, like, special areas that can be unlocked depending on which boss you face from each area. But it seems like that's just, that just kind of is it. It just goes on in that way. And I like their mechanic of it having a timer. As the timer ticks on, the longer you take, the harder the game gets. So it starts, like, it actually shows, so far what they do is they show a bar at the top right of your screen with the timer ticking, obviously. And then it has branches, like, easy, medium, hard, very hard. I think, like, it says impossible at some point. I can't remember. I've only gotten that far once. Um, yeah, it wasn't impossible. I want to say it was impossible. It's a cool, it's a cool mechanic. Like, the idea isn't, it's not the idea that you get stronger and therefore the enemies get stronger. It's you're taking longer, therefore get your ass in gear. Because there is a level up mechanic where as you beat monsters and as you activate the teleporters, you get XP and you level up. But the only thing leveling up does is increase your health and your damage, your DPS. Everything else, you randomly find around an area and it's this typical buy shit. Now, with the exception of these, I'll call them two little things, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, you spend money, which of course increasingly gets more expensive, to crack open a chest and find a random upgrade, find a random item. There is a, they call it 3D print, which is pretty cool, but you give an item to the machine and it spits out a given item. Like, it shows you what item you'll get in return. And then there's also these terminals where it has three options and you pick one of them. And I've reached a point, for the most part, where the terminals will always show what you're going to get. Like, your three options will actually show it. But there are times it will show a question mark instead. So you can either pick the an item that you know that you want or just take the gamble and spend money for a random item. Which can be an item you already know. It just, it's not being shown in the terminal for whatever reason. So I like... I just kind of like it. It's very straightforward. It's very simple with what it expects from the player and how it goes up with, like, level progression. And you just go. Like, it's very... The first, I'd say, minute or so of an area that you get to is pretty tame. Except for when you get into, like, some later areas. But it's pretty tame. But after that minute or so of being in an area, if you haven't found a teleporter yet, it gets insane. Like, enemies spawning nonstop on top of you. And what's really cool, which ensures that you actually have to put some effort in, there's no despawn. Like, once the enemy spawns, it's there until you kill it. And I like that. Because it keeps the strategy of running away really fast. It's not warranted anymore. Like, it can still work to some regard. Like, maybe you could run, grab a better item, and then fight. Or run and bottleneck the enemies and then fight. You know, whatever. You have those options when you're running. But you have to deal with them eventually. Which also allows you, if you're looking for it, you got to build an extra challenge. Like, let's say you just keep running from the enemies, and then you activate the teleporter. Okay, now you got to deal with what's being spawned in the teleporter and all the other enemies. And with the teleporter's uh, activation, a boss appears, a random boss appears, and then it's like, okay, now you got to deal with this boss, you got to deal with the enemy spawning there, and you got to deal with any of the enemies you've yet to kill. So that curve, I I like it. There are some times where I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know what, I got enough items, I want to move on. I just, the second I start find the teleporter, I hit it and go. There are other times where I find the teleporter, I'm like, I'm going to wait a minute, and I run around, I do a quick lap of the area, grab a few things last minute, and then take on the boss and activate the teleporter. 
So yeah, I'm I'm liking that. The thing I like most right now about it, which I haven't had a chance to really explore yet, is that co-op type thing to it. I've mentioned it before. I like co-op games that have some sort of class system. You pick a class, everyone else picks a class, and you go in and just have a hell of a good time. And it being, you know, that roguelike procedurally generated thing, what's nice is it's not a campaign style. It's straight up, you know, you and your friends, you're on one day and you're like, yo, you want to do a quick run? And you take 30 minutes to an hour, you do a quick run, and then it just kind of keeps going from there. It's like, uh, we can do better, let's do one more. Uh, we can do better, let's do one more. Like, you just kind of have that that fun leisurely of there's if there's no marker. You're not trying to hit anything. You're not trying to achieve anything. You're just saying, eh, let's just do a run. And if we feel like doing another run, we go again. And that can turn into hours of fun. Like, a game that's similar to this that I really enjoy playing, but I haven't played in a while because the friends I play it with, they, you know, we're all busy, so we don't play it too often. But it's called Deep Rock Galactic. And I'm just double-checking. I believe it, that's still also in early access. Yeah, it's still also in early access. But it has that same mentality of you and up to three other friends, you go and do a thing. You do a run, and you leave. I'm liking that in each. There's various classes and stuff you can do. So it has a lot of fun replayability because it's roguelike, but it also has some fun replayability because you're playing with others. I mean, that's always fun. Multiplayer games are always more enjoyable than single-player games, especially when they're co-op because of that camaraderie you have. Like I've talked about before, you have that camaraderie between each other, and it works. It just works. So... In terms of the multiplayer, I can't speak much on it because I haven't had a chance to try it. I'm trying to recruit people for it. But I'm wondering, this, this is a wonder of mine, with co-op, how do they tweak it from a single-player run? And what I mean by that is, is there more enemy spawns? Do the enemies have more health? Do they do more damage? Is there more items that spawn on the map to deal with the fact that there's more than one player? Like, these are all things that need to be taken into account because of the increase in players. Like, the amount of items that spawn for one person are clearly not going to be enough for two people. Excuse me one second. That's that's my nose attacking me again. I apologize. Oh, man. But yeah, the, the amount of items given to one is not enough for the amount of items needed for two people. That's just... That's just numbers. Like that's just basic math right there. So I'm assuming that they increase drop rate of items, and I'm assuming they increase or at least increase the health of the enemies you fight. So hopefully soon, one day, I can kind of like check that out and see how that whole thing works. But where, like, where is it going to go in the future? The I'm going to call it a concern. I am going to call it a concern because it is something that's kind of on my mind right now about it makes it difficult for me to keep playing the game. I feel the classes aren't exactly balanced. Now, again, coming, I'm going to keep, I like repeating these things to make it clear. I've yet to play Risk of Rain 1, and because I have Risk of Rain 2, I probably won't pick up the first one. So I'm not sure how the class is different in the first one to the second one, but currently, I feel the one class, the Hunter, is just too good when compared to the other classes. And here's what I mean. I have one, two, three, four. I got four out of the six currently unlockable classes. You start with one unlocked, and then 
You complete achievements, you get others unlocked. Cool. I have four of the six right now. And out of all of them, when I play the hunter, regardless of the difficulty, because you can pick one of the difficulties, regardless of the difficulty I play on, the hunter, I just breeze through it every time. Her abilities are really good. She has good passives, and she has a pretty solid attack. Now, you can sprint in this game. Sprinting helps because it helps you find the objective quicker, and it helps you get away from enemies if you need to. All the other classes, from what I can tell, I haven't unlocked all of them, but I'm assuming this is true for all of them but the hunter, you can't sprint and run at the same time, which means if you're running away from a group of enemies or you're running towards the teleporter and there's another enemy between you and it, you either have to run around them or take a minute to shoot and kill them, which gives other enemies time to catch up. As the hunter, nope, you can shoot, you can run a gun. You can keep sprinting, and as long as you're shooting like forward, you'll keep the sprint up. If you try to turn around and shoot while sprinting, you're going to stop because you can't sprint backwards. Understandable. But that just gives the hunter so much more mobility over the other classes that you can pick. And then not only that, her DPS, like her single-shot DPS is pretty powerful, but then she has another attack, a glaive that she has. When you throw it, it hits an enemy, it bounces to another enemy, and then bounces to another. I think it bounces up to like six times. It's a glaive. That's a typical kind of thing for a glaive in RPG-style games. But here's the catch. Unlike pretty much every other RPG game that says when you have a chain attack, like chain lightning, you do less damage to the next target, the glaive says, no, 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 I increase in damage to the next target. So you can have a cluster of four, let's just say three enemies. You can have a cluster of three enemies, throw the glaive there, and kill all three of them because it can bounce between all of them multiple times, and it just does more and more damage as it bounces. So you can easily wipe a group of enemies quickly, and the cooldown's pretty quick on it too. Now again, multiplayer might be different. Multiplayer, the enemies might have more defenses or more health or more whatever that makes them able to survive constant glaive attacks because again, the cooldown's quick constant glaive attacks but at least on the single player aspect it's just too good i can i can just throw it i can be running from a group of enemies and just throw it and be like yeah they're all gonna die and just walk away and no i have nothing to worry about so her increased mobility and her high damage output especially like between a lot of enemies it's just too good right now like there's the basic is the commando which is just dual pistols he has a dodge roll he has what else does he have? Wow, I can't remember right now, and I'm a, I, I apologize for that. I can't remember everything he has because once I unlocked the hunter, I just kept playing her. But I can't remember what the commando has, but he's you know your basic run of the mill average Joe, so he's not like super powerful, but he works. The one class, the mercenary, I think it's called the mercenary or the veteran. I want to say mercenary though. Cool concept, but very flawed execution in terms of how the game is played. He's melee only. He has a dash attack, but he focuses mostly on melee. The issue here, a good portion of the enemies fly. Another good portion of the enemies have very strong melee attacks. The bosses, one of them is a flying boss, but the bosses do a lot of damage in a wide area. The last thing you want to do is be right up in their face. I struggled the most playing as that class, like even getting through the first level was just too much of a struggle his damage is all right. Again, just comparing it to the Hunter, he does maybe as much damage as the Hunter, but has to be in melee range for it. His mobility, his maneuverability is not that good considering a lot of shit is being shot at you, and there's this one attack from one of the bosses where, I don't know if this is actually planned or it's a bug right now, 
but you cannot dodge this one attack. It has a laser attack that does a sizable amount of damage, and the only way to avoid getting hit is to be behind a wall. I don't know if that's planned or not, but it does a lot of damage. And considering the Merc cannot get around easily to like get behind a wall, you're going to get shot by that every single time, and it's going to hurt. And then the last one, the last one I unlocked was Mule T, M-U-L-T. I immediately love this character because any sort of like mechanized unit that you can play as, I'm immediately intrigued by. I'm like, I want to see that shit. I want to see what that's all about. And has a really cool ability where its primary attack can be switched. So you can either have a rapid fire gun or switch it to kind of like a rail cannon where it charges up and then single shot, massive damage, good accuracy and all that kind of stuff. He also has a stun bomb, which is pretty cool. And he has the ability to ram people. You can hit a button and turn into like this little armored box kind of thing. Your speed increases by a shit ton and you get armor, so reduce damage. And if you hit somebody, you do some pretty good damage, especially if you're moving really fast. Now, I thought he was going to be the one because, again, I love mechanized units. And he, had a, he seemed like he had a pretty good kit. Having two options for attacks is great. Having that speed boost, which every class has some sort of like maneuvering thing, like a teleport, a dash, whatever. His is that pretty lengthy. Like it lasts for quite some time. Charge that is powerful. I was intrigued. And the Sun Bomb, like I said, also really cool. And then I played him and I enjoyed it, but I could definitely not see him being used for a single player run. Again, I'm just comparing things to the Hunter because like, this is what I mean about I feel the Hunter just has too much power. His stun bomb is an AoE, and it's a stun, yeah, but the stun doesn't last too, too long, and every class has some ability to stun. The Hunter's ability to stun is a Rain of Arrows attack, which lasts for quite some time, so it's a lengthy stun. The stun bomb isn't that lengthy compared to some of the other classes, first off. Secondly, the stun bomb is a small AoE, where the Hunter's Glaive just bounces between enemies, so we can go, as long as like there's a line of enemies, they can just keep going down the line, and the Merc has a Whirlwind Slash, which is pathetic. And I remember the Commando has a Piercing Shot and has Suppressing Fire. The Suppressing Fire, you can just kind of shoot and strafe a bit if you wanted to, so it doesn't do a lot of, it wouldn't do a lot of damage because most of your bolts will miss, but you have that strafing ability, so his AoE has some range. But again, the Sun Bomb doesn't have a lot of AoE to it, which sucks. And then his primary gun, which when it's on rapid fire mode, the initial fire is like a burst fire. I think it's like a burst spread, I want to call. I think it's what their, their plan was, like some sort of spread. And then a single shot after that, it doesn't do enough damage. That initial burst is is good. But after that, the rapid fire aspect, it doesn't fire fast enough to warn its reduced damage. Like each individual bolt doesn't do a lot of damage. And its spread is pretty big, so unless you're, like, up in someone's face, it's not going to do much for you. Even, like, basic enemies, you, you take a minute to take them down. And on the other hand, the rail cannon, yeah, it's cool, but unless you have any way of, like, upgrading your damage, you're not going to be able to wipe out most basic enemies in one shot. You're going to have to take two shots, and it has a charge-up period. So when it comes to, like, the boss fights where a lot of shit spawning, your stun grenade isn't going to do enough. Your charge, okay, yeah, you could charge through somebody, but unless they die, it doesn't really matter. And the primary gun for firing just doesn't do enough to deal with the horde of enemies. He's not good solo. I could see him possibly being good co-op because he has multiple guns for different situations. And every class can pick up an equipment that's like a 
you know, you can activate. It's like an active item. He'll, he's allowed to store two right out the gate. Like, that's built into him. You can have two of them. So I could see his utility being good for co-op. But just single-player talking, the hunter has it all. She has enough damage output to deal with a horde of enemies. She can run and gun, which is amazing. And her standard DPS is pretty good. Like, two to three shots for any type of basic enemy and they go down. And then, of course, getting upgrades on top of that just makes it even better. So I really hope they tweak the classes as they stand. I yet to see what the other two classes are like to see how they compare to the hunter, but I could definitely see dropping with a group of three other people. So there's four of us. We all play hunter. We play the hardest difficulty and we have no problems because the hunter's just that good as it stands, at least in my eyes, like just for me playing it. I haven't looked into anything else about this. I'm still really blind on this, which I'm fine with, but just from what I can tell hunter got too much going for her. It's cool. It allows, me to play, it allows me to play solo without a problem, yeah, but it's just I have no interest in playing anything else, and should I do multiplayer, I have no interest in trying any other classes because I'm like, you can do whatever the hell you want. I know I'm going to be Hunter and be fine. It's a little upsetting. The one other thing I hope they look into, and this isn't a fear because, like I said, it's, it's beta testing, so I'm sure they're going to be working on these things, is some sort of like leveling up or out-of-game interaction because as it stands, you, the items you get every run is just standard. Like, there's no effect like you see in other roguelike games where every time you beat a floor or you get through with a character or whatever, you like unlock new items that appear in further runs. It doesn't really have any sort of mechanics like that currently. Just you have your selection of items that you can find, and that's that. Like, you have your one pool. The pool does not change over time. There's no sort of progression throughout the runs where I get a little further, I get a new item or whatever. There are achievements, which is nice, but it doesn't make the achievements tie to any sort of new items, just some achievements tied to unlocking characters. So I hopefully they bring the whole character unlock into items and allow that. I'm also wondering, it's currently on the menu before you do a drop where it has a difficulty and below that says artifacts, which is still a work in progress. So I'm curious what the artifacts are. Like, is it additional effects for the run? Is it additional objectives for the run? So it's not just always finding the teleporter, like... What what is that going to let us do? And, or is it going to be like upgrades for our character so we can essentially pick perks to improve something and have that for the coming run? Because then maybe if I get like a damage boost, it might make Mule-T actually worth a damn. I might actually play him more if I can get a damage boost so we can actually kill shit. So I hope they bring in something like that. I hope they bring in something that every run I do helps the next run until I unlock everything. Once you have everything unlocked, obviously it doesn't matter. But that was always kind of the fun part about Isaac, about Enter the Gungan, and, like, the other games like that. It's every run, just about every run, improved my chances. Like, not only did it give me the skill and the knowledge, but I unlocked something. I got some sort of progression, like a new item, a new weapon. Something is going to appear in future runs that improves my chances. And then also it's kind of fun because there are so many items in these style of games because you want to make sure everything is procedurally generated like everything is random every single time so you need to have a big pool it takes so long to find everything like i know i've yet to unlock everything in isaac and i'm okay with that because i moved on from that game like it's not on the top of my list anymore enter the gungas on the top of my list for games that i'm playing and that's taken forever to get every single item like it's insane the amount of work you have to put in to get all these items and it asks that replayability so hopefully risk of rain 2 takes that and 
considering Risk of Rain 1 was popular and it definitely warranted an upgrade to 3D because I know Risk of Rain 1 was 2D, now they're in 3D. So I'm pretty sure they had something going in Risk of Rain 1 that had some sort of like progression system that they're going to bring in right now. I think right now what they're doing is it's a typical like server test. They're testing the servers. Can online multiplayer work? They're just testing the mechanics like, is this flushed out? Does this concept work? Yada, yada, yada in 3D, which I can tell it is. So with all the kinks worked out of the basic mechanics, because you need some you need like some fun, some fundamentals, building blocks, before you can do anything else, I think they're going to go from there and actually bring in more that develops the game further. I'm also intrigued just about... I mentioned earlier that like, there was these two special areas I went to. What some of these other things are. like There's one boss in particular that out of the three times I fought it twice it had a special portal appear when you kill it the special portal appears the first time it appeared I was pretty far into a run I think I was on like my sixth level or seventh level can't remember I killed the boss and this portal appeared I'm like all right let me go through it and I went through it and it led to it was like the space like the place between time and space or whatever like you know one of those wonky thingy maneuvers and I go there and I jump to a bunch of different platforms that are just kind of floating there. And at the end, I found this obelisk-like thing. I touched it, and according to the game, it was like, obliterate yourself, you know, like erase yourself from time or whatever. And I was like, sure. And it happened, and it was like fate. It said fate unknown, and the run was over. It's like, okay, fate unknown, which means I might not have died. Like, we don't know what happened, but it seemed to be like I reached the end of the run. Like, I don't know if there's a normal end-of-run thing or if it goes on infinitely. Like, you can just keep running levels in an infinite loop because once you get through the fourth level, I'm just going to call them levels or zones, once you get through the fourth level, it brings you back to your first level. Obviously, on the harder difficulty, but it has, like, it's a deja vu kind of thing where you just go back to start and you do it again. So I don't know if that's an infinite loop or not or if, like, this whole obelisk thing is like the only way to really end the game or if it's just one of one type of ending i'm not sure so i'm eager to figure that out the other thing that i found i went through a portal again but this time the boss that spawned the portal appeared on the second level so i was only two levels in and it appeared i'm like fuck it i went through it and this time i went to a similar type of area where it's like suspended rocks in space like in blank space stuff like that but instead of just being a bunch of platforms i jumped to and instead was just a cave like it was this little path that led into a cave and inside the cave was this really bizarre thing that seemed chained up and it said 10 lunar like there's these lunar coins you can get that carry between runs i believe with one class and so you can use those lunar coins to do special purchases so apparently you can get this one guy for 10 lunar coins and i know there's a character you can unlock that says something about finding, you know, finding the character lost in time or whatever. So I'm assuming that's connected to that. So you had 10 little coins to unlock him. But then there was also these two bowls that you could dump three or five of your current items into to get one item back. And then there was also this little area where there's these things apparently you could purchase for two lunar, lunar coins each. I didn't purchase any of them, though, because I want to save up my lunar coins to get that one character. So it seemed to be like this weird, abnormal kind of, almost like a shop, just in the middle of nowhere. And then I was able to leave back to the same portal I entered, and they immediately put me into the third level. So I'm curious, like, what what are these things? Like, 
these portals that lead to these locations, do they only spawn from that one boss or is there a role you can get in the future that leads to them? Like, are there other type of special zones? Are there any special zones that act as like another level? So I have to find a teleporter. Like, these are questions we have now and I'm not sure. So I'm greatly intrigued by them and what they could mean for the game. Like enter the Gungan has its special chambers that you can go to. Isaac had special floors you can go to if you met certain criteria. It's like, this is a common thing, but with those two games, the floors or chambers actually kind of meant something, like they were an actual level you went through. Currently, Risk of Rain, it seems like the only two that I've been to was Special Ending and Unique Shop. Like, it wasn't a separate type of level. Hopefully it is, because I think it'd be really cool. Like, it's always fun to be given a special challenge, because when those portals appear, you can either go through the portal or just activate the teleporter per the usual. So it would be cool if those portal spawning could mean a special harder level that you could challenge yourself with and say, hey, we can go here, get better items. It'd be harder, but better items. Still, that risk-reward kind of thing is really cool. One other thing I want to know, I actually just remembered talking about it. Before I mentioned with that special location, you could dump three items in or five items in to get one item back. Now, like I said, there was these things called 3D printers where it was the same thing. You gave one item, you got one item in return, and you knew what item you were going to get. The thing I don't like, the item you give is randomized. I don't know if this is like a planned thing that they're going to keep. I really hope they don't. But I don't like the idea that when I go to give an item, it's random. I don't get to pick the item I give. So sometimes it gives an item that I want to keep. And I'm like, yeah, I want that item that the printer gives me, but there's this one thing I don't give a shit about, but I still have that in the item I really want to keep, like a leech seed that heals me when I deal damage is given up. No, I want to keep that. So, I, And then the other thing is, at one time I was able to get a leech seed from a printer, and currently there's no cap. Like, you can just use that printer, appears infinite amount of times. So I'm like, let me just, I want to dump my junk items in here to keep getting leech seed back because they stack, like, the more leech seeds you have, the more damage you leech from an enemy. But it reached a point I had two leech seeds, and then it kept dumping a leech seed in and giving me a leech seed back. So it, there was no point in me using it because I just kept giving back the same item. Now, I can understand, yeah, you don't want to have it where the player can have 10 leech seeds because with 10 leech seeds, I'm never going to die. As long as I hit somebody, I'm going to heal through the damage. So either put a, like, I can understand putting a limit on these things, these printers and stuff like that. I can understand putting a limit on it. But please, 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 for the love of God, let us pick the items we put in. It drives me nuts that we can't because it can easily ruin a run where it's like I have this really good synergy of items and then I lose one of those items and the synergy is lost because I don't have – you just don't have the synergy anymore. Like It's not working out anymore. And it it's terrible because – I know what item I'm getting in return, so I should have some say in what goes in. Like, I shouldn't be left to a gamble for that. It, it's, it's upsetting. So hopefully in the future, any sort of way of giving items, that will be changed so you can pick the item that goes in. But otherwise, like, I'm going to stick with the game. I want to stick with it. Like I said, it's still in early access, so things are definitely going to change. They even already They already have a thing like, if you see a yellow wrench next to something, that means they're currently working on it for a future release. So, obviously, the devs are here. They're going to keep working on it, et cetera, et cetera. We're getting shown what kind of things are going to be added in, like new items, new characters, data logs, and all that good stuff. So, plenty of stuff for us to get a hold of in the future. 
And then just, like I said, hopefully they make a tweak to a few things. I think with a few tweaks, a few things for balancing between the characters, and then me personally just getting friends that want to play with me, I think it would be a really cool experience. I've played, like I said, Deep Rock Galactic I've played before, and any game that I get to work like work together like this is just always enjoyable. And being roguelike, there's always replayability. So if you haven't played Risk of Rain, the first one, I would recommend keeping an eye on Risk of Rain 2. Maybe not jump on it right away. Like, if you have some spare money, yeah, you could get it now and kind of see what it goes through over time. But I wouldn't blame you for waiting for the full release or at least it being close to full release before picking it up. That's also usually when, like, developers do sales. Like, before release sales, pick it up now at a lower price. So, yeah, sit on it, look it over, think about it. It's an experience. It's definitely fun, especially if you like shooters and you like roguelike. It'll scratch the itch for you. So that's it for this time. I, again, I apologize during the episode if you heard anything like my nose or anything like that. Like I said, I'm battling allergies, and it seems like no matter what I do, they're here to stay. You know, it doesn't matter that I clean and shower and stuff like that. They're they're harassing me. Like this is every spring. To, I know it's spring because my allergies kick into high gear. So I will suffer through this for as long as I have to and then get over it. So again, I apologize if you heard any bumping or sneezes or anything like that. Again, I don't like to edit my stuff. I like to just, you know, go clean, just be me for this kind of stuff. I think it's it's much more enjoyable. So hopefully you're not suffering from allergies. I really hope you aren't because they suck. We're going to keep up with this 5 o'clock post time. Uh, I'm just looking at the numbers, and there were less views for the last episode than the previous episodes. But that could just be people getting used to the time change or it could be that like the plays happening like later in the week. I don't know. I, I don't get that kind of information through Anchor and I really don't care. I'm just happy to see that I'm getting views on my episodes. I also know that one of my episodes, the Challenge Me episode, which is one of my first episodes, has over 50 views. So I want to figure out what the hell the magic was between that episode because I want to do that again. I think that'd be really fun to have a lot of views. And just one other update. This is episode 40. Episode 50 is coming up in 10 weeks. And yes, I mean... I'm not a big name, and I'm really okay with that. I'm fine with not being a big name, but I want to do something special for episode 50. I think I might actually finally get Twitter up and working for episode 50. I think that's going to be my my mark. By episode 50, I want to have Twitter up and running and have the nuances of using that as a platform worked out so I can make like a big deal about episode 50. Like, yeah, I got my Twitter working, and then I don't do something fun. I want to do something different, not just I have Twitter working, but I actually want to do something different and special for episode 50. I have 10 weeks to figure that out, so I'm going to figure something out. And again, my email is still like in the description of the podcasting, so definitely hit me up there. And if my Twitter becomes active before then, I'll let you know, and then Twitter's a the thing. You can tell me like episode 50 ideas because I love hearing from people. You know, I'm really good at working with others' ideas and building off of that, so hit me up, yo. Enjoy this week. We're in full spring mode. Don't die, please, because it's horrible. And I will see you all in a week with a new flavor of the week. We're just doing flavor of the week. So take care. And as always, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.